Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. You're listening to KLT and KLT HD2, an Odyssey station. Let's do the 8 at 8, the Ocho. One. Start with number one, the Astros. They uh, Spring training games are underway. Um, they, they beat the Nationals on Saturday. They lost a couple split squad games yesterday. I would say the, uh, the big takeaways. Um, the team that won against the Nationals on Saturday was a bunch of backups. They scored seven runs in the first three innings. Mauricio Dubon picking right up where he left off last year. Man, he was three for three. Hunter Brown, solid in a couple of innings of work yesterday against the Cardinals. Two shutout innings. So that was good to see from uh, from Hunter Brown. More than anything else, Seth, one week in here with everybody in camp, it feels like there's good vibes around the Astros with Joe Espada, Jordan Alvarez. We may get a look at him in the two-hole this year, which I like. I like what that means as far as just overall communication between the manager and the front office. I think uh, yeah. it just it feels, feels like a much more settled operation this year. It, okay, does it... I guess they've always felt settled, maybe sometimes a little too settled, with uh, maybe not as much of a sense of urgency with Dusty. And not that Espada is a firebrand or anything like that. Uh, the, one, the one thing, if I can rain on your parade a little bit, we yeah. forgot to mention this earlier, mm. that, that Forrest Whitley's got a sore middle finger on his right hand. I mean, was that's a flip-off finger. Uh, it, uh, yeah. like, I, feel yeah. like that's, I feel like that's the final F you. To, uh, to any of our hopes for Forrest Right, Whitley. right, right. Maybe he really doesn't want to come out of the bullpen this year. He wants to be a starter, and he walked right up to Joe Espada, flipped him off, and in the yeah. process <laughs> sprained his middle finger. He was going to throw a live BP session on the backfields on Saturday afternoon because couldn't go because of a sore middle finger. You know what the ultimate middle finger is in all of this, Sean? The way that it's presented here on MLB.com, he was diagnosed with finger inflammation. Oh, my God. All right. That's, it feels like you're... Do we have an official diagnosis? No, I know, dude. Yes. This, this it's feels, a swollen finger. This feels like we're justifying the existence of at least two or three team doctors right there. <laughs> <laughs> my finger hurts. I stubbed my toe. Yeah. Wait, do you mean you inflamed your toe? Yes. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that is, uh, that's phalange inflammation is what that is. Uh, all right, so, uh, so Stroh's spring training underway. Two. Uh, Rockets this weekend. Some good, some bad. The good was Friday. They beat the Suns 114 to, uh, to 110. Sunday, not as good. Last night, not as good. They lose to the Thunder 123 
to 110. So the Rockets, 2-7 and seven in their last nine games. And as you pointed out earlier, Seth, defense, at least last night, against the Thunder, and pretty much any game where they, other than the Suns game recently, um, has been a huge problem for this team. Can I just focus on the Suns game, Sean? Yeah. Sure, I'm the one that just brought up Forrest Whitley's middle finger inflammation. Right. Sure, I'm, I was trying digging for negatives you as you were trying to talk nothing but positive about the Astros. Mm-hmm. But can I just enjoy what we had in Phoenix? Yeah, it was you know? fun, man. Uh, yeah, it was, you travel out there. Um, their ball club has the same team-issued cap as the Astros do. That desert, that desert background. Oh, dude, MLB's new, got a major, new era cap. Yeah, major merch seen. problem. Yeah, uh, but the, you know, sure, sure. There was there's no Bradley Beal that night, but still, it was. Uh, we'll always have that. Mm-hmm. We'll always have Kevin Durant passing Carmelo Anthony on the all-time scoring list, which the ESPN recap treated as the highlight of that game. A little disrespectful to the Rockets, I gotta say. Yeah, I think that was written by AI. It had to. And I got I got angry when I'm reading the ESPN dispatch. It's actually from the. It's by the AP. Okay. Which, it, but it's like four of the first five paragraphs are about Kevin Durant in a loss, passing Carmelo man. Anthony on the all-time scoring list. Disrespectful. I'm surprised they didn't launch into uh, a, a debate about whether or not Carmelo is truly a world champion because of his uh, oh, Olympic championships. His gold medals. Yeah. <laughs> his gold medals, yes. Three. All right, let's give the Cougs some love. They beat Baylor in overtime on Saturday this weekend. Um, number two in the country uh, right now. Got uh, a couple weeks left here in the regular season. Uh, and then it's off to uh, off to March Madness. But the game, Cougs game was uh, against Baylor was a good one. They led it. They led by fifteen at the half. And Baylor, I was watching that game. Baylor chipped away, chipped away, chipped away. Um, L.J. Cryer, Baylor transfer, going against his former team, made six free throws in overtime um, against an arena full of people that were booing him all afternoon. Uh, yeah, I mean, played 70 games for Baylor in the last three years. He's looking to become a champion with two different schools. He was one with Baylor, looking to become one with the Cougs. Good week for the Cougs. Two wins against team in the top. Two wins against teams in the top 11. Iowa State and Baylor. When's it that you don't happen to know when the next poll comes out? Do you? I assume Houston's going to be number one after. Uh... Did somebody? Did the team in front of them lose? I just saw everybody is just basically saying that Houston would definitely surpass UConn as uh, number oh, one. Oh, UConn did lose to Creighton this week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, good. Okay. You know what? You know what that means we're going to get. Yeah. Angry Kelvin Sampson that the Cougs are ranked number one in the during well, the regular season. I don't know when the next day the AP doesn't come out. I don't think it comes out as regularly as it does in football. Um, you sure? I think it comes out weekly. I'm pretty sure. Okay. I'm pretty All sure right. it does. I'm pretty sure it does. Um, but that's good. We'll get angry Kelvin Sampson. I like it. I like it. Four. four. All right. Um, four. Eric Bieniemy has somehow managed to parlay being the offensive coordinator for the greatest quarterback of this generation in MVP seasons and to multiple Super Bowls into a two-year period now being the OC at an outcast Big Ten program called UCLA. Uh, Eric Bieniemy, who coached at UCLA earlier in his career, uh, signs a two-year deal to become the OC and assistant head coach under new UCLA head coach Deshaun Foster. Um, is this it, Seth? As far as Bianami's name coming up for NFL head coaching jobs, are we are we probably done with this now? It feels like it's been I, like a six-year period where he's on every list and just yeah. can't get a sniff. I, I don't know. I, like I would never say never. You know, obviously, I think um, I think he did well for himself this last year. Where they were not. 
they they moved the ball really well. It wasn't like they were ultimately a genuinely good offense, but they did. I think they outperformed what about people's Washington. expectations yeah. would have been. Yeah, in Washington. So when he got his first crack at being an actual like a standalone offensive coordinator without Andy Reid overhead, I think yep. that that's gonna that's gonna look good on the resume. And now, in in some respects, I know people don't like hearing this. I do think that. Sometimes guys are just rough interviews, um, yeah. and there are other there are other a lot of other people have been hired since Eric Bieniemy first came into the you know the forefront of the discussion about you know, whether he should be a head coach candidate or not, and a lot of people have have passed you know over him in getting that. I, I think there's I, I think there might be like an almost unapologetic nature to the way he operates, and maybe that's part of what makes him good. Um, but sometimes like with guys like Mike Zimmer or Bruce Arians. Uh, like that, that holds you back also because he's, uh, it, there's just something that's, there's something there. Yeah. You know? Yep. Five. Five. Uh, Cody Bellinger, remember him? Scourge of the, uh, of every Astro fan for a handful of years was an MVP at one point. And then with the Dodgers, his last couple of years there barely hit better than Martin Maldonado OPS of six eleven. Got his career back on track last year on a one-year prove-it deal with the Chicago Cubs. He's one of several big-name free agents still sitting out there. At least he was until this weekend. Seth, he got the Carlos Correa Twins version 1.0 deal. Bellinger did from the Cubs. Three years, $80 million with opt-outs after each season. So yeah. it's this may be – this might end up being the template for these guys that are still sitting there in free agency. Um that they end up doing deals like this. But, yeah, Bellinger's going to get $30 million this year. If he chooses to be a Cub in 2025, another 30 and then 20 in the final year. But this is this is almost to the dollar amount. This is Carlos Correa's deal with the Twins the first time around. Yeah, Bellinger's got the added, uh, aside from the, the, the challenges that anybody in free agency has now, where teams are just kind of very, they're playing it very, very cool. Uh, and just waiting as players are like, there's still this rift. It's not as public as it was a couple years ago, but this rift between players feeling like there's a conspiracy by owners against them and, and whatnot. Bellinger, I mean, he was a flat out awful baseball player for a couple years there. Yes. Just absolutely horrendous. He had a 542 OPS in 2021. I think with Bellinger, five forty-two. Now the thing is, you gotta remember. So this is a player-friendly deal. Like it's it's very friendly yeah. to him. The team. I, if I were signing Bellinger, I would want it structured in such a way that I had some control. Just because I think maybe what Bellinger is is a guy that always needs that pressure of proving himself. Some guys just don't do well after they've been after after they're looked at as the guy. And Bellinger, who always just comes off like. Like he's Spicoli and Fast Times at Ridgemont High or something. Um, maybe he just doesn't have that edge to him. I know he was banged up and injured. Look, everybody's banged up and injured. I don't want to hear the excuses. He sucked for two solid years. Yeah. So maybe he just constantly needs to have that pressure. And so we'll see. Now that he's got now that he's got a guaranteed eighty million dollars if he chooses to accept it. Uh, we'll see how he does over the next three years. Yep. Six. Uh, Richard Sherman. You see him on. Um on uh, with Skip Bayless on FS1, he's part of the Amazon Studio Show, future Hall of Fame cornerback, I would say. Uh, he got a DUI this weekend in Bellevue, Washington, uh, up in the Seattle area, and this could be a problem for Richard Sherman because Seth he had a, an incident in 2022 where he got he got hit with all sorts of moving violations 
related to a construction site back well, in 2022. It was, it, well, and it wasn't just that. He went and just then tried to B&E his in-law's house. Yeah. Uh, just was pounding on the door. and It was, uh, it was bad. It was, there was footage of that. It was a pretty spectacular episode. And then there was another, I mean, he had another incident too that kind of just got shushed and not talked about a lot out of, I think, uh, respect to his family. Uh, he's, he's had a rough few years kind of adjusting to life after football. But it was that, that one incident with the driving was actually before he went to Tampa, I think, wasn't it? It was in March of 2022. So um, Sherman pleaded guilty to first degree negligent driving, second degree criminal trespass, and yeah, speeding in a construction zone. He yeah. got a 90-day suspended sentence with two years of monitored supervision. So by mere days, probably, because we're talking March of 2022, yeah. he's still inside that two-year window of monitored supervision. Yeah, in the construction site, it wasn't like he was speeding through a construction zone. It was like he was speeding through a site that was closed off the traffic. Yes. It was like it was wildly reckless. And, uh, yeah. You know what annoyed me this weekend about reading about this, Sean? Hmm. The, the report was that he was, I believe he was pulled over going 79 and a 60. Yes. And then, you know, the, based on the exam, they suspected he might be drunk. Uh, There's a big debate in the comments about whether 19 miles per hour was uh, all that much over the speed limit, which I would argue is like, yeah, no, that's not, like, that's not what they're concerned about. <laughs> I, was, um, I was astounded by how many people immediately went to like, hey, what the hell? That's not even that much over. Yeah, it's the DUI that, that's the actual big deal. It's not the speeding. It's the DUI. No, the DUI is the big deal. I guess maybe I'm just playing devil's advocate is people saying, well, he shouldn't have even been pulled over in the first place. No, nobody's that dumb. Like, uh, nobody's that really? dumb to know that you can't. Like, why would you get pulled over for going 19 miles an hour? If, nine miles an hour on the highway is the most you should ever assume or hope for. And only if you've got a pretty good knowledge of the area. I, because they will bust your ass in Cleveland. For, I agree <laughs> with you. I agree. <laughs> Cleveland. Speaking from experience. I got, I've gotten pulled over twice in Cleveland. Yeah. And I don't spend that much time in Cleveland. Right, 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 right. Um, no, I agree with everything you're saying about the actual act of speeding. I disagree that there's not people out there stupid enough to say that 19 miles an hour over is uh, not get worthy you of being pulled over. Pulled over. Yeah. He told the cop he had two margaritas. I feel like the go-to for most people, I've never been put in this situation, thankfully, but the one that you always hear is a couple glasses of wine with dinner, officer. Yeah, yeah. Two margaritas. Change it up a little bit. I like it. Good job, Richard Sherman. What, what, what's the proper answer? If, you have, if you've genuinely had two glasses of wine... Over like the course of a couple hours, like what's do, do the cops? I'm guessing the cops just never believe you. I mean, they've got no reason right. to believe anybody. So, like, but so I would feel I would feel conspicuous saying I had two, uh, and yet and yet I'd be telling the truth. And then I, and then you start to get that nervousness where you feel like, oh no, I look nervous, and yes. they're going to think that I'm guilty because I'm nervous, even though I'm only nervous because I'm afraid I look like I'm, yeah. And then they yeah. ask you to recite the alphabet backwards, starting with the letter S, and you start with the yeah. letter Z, yeah. and yeah, and they're like, oh, this guy's definitely drunk, and it's like, I no, I'm just I can't do this scared. sober. I'm no, that's when you say, I couldn't do this sober. That's Truth. what I always say. Yep, yep. So, Richard Sherman, uh, good luck. Did he, tell, did he tell the officers that he went to Stanford? That seems to be his go-to a lot of times. I feel like it's a 50% chance. Are you aware do. that I went to Stanford mm-hmm. with his hands on his hips backwards? On the back of his way. hips, yeah, yeah, like on his kidneys back there. Yes. I'll have you know I went to Stanford. 
Um, speaking of snooty schools, did you happen to see the court storming uh, in the Wake Forest Duke game on sa- Saturday or Sunday? I can't remember which day it was. I saw that little demon deacon take out Kyle Filipowski's knee. I saw it. I'm not going to lie. Seen it with my own eyes. It looked a little like Filipowski tried to trip the kid. Uh, a little I'm not bit, a that. little bit, a little. It just it looked a little bit. Ba- are you basing it on the slow motion? That kid bas- was running at him at at, at at like that kid was running like a five four forty towards him. I'm basing it on the footage from the ceiling, the yeah. bird's eye view. Yeah, kind of looked like he stuck his leg out a little bit. I don't know, like he was trying he to draw decided, the charge. He had to defend himself as the kid was sprinting at him full speed at uh, <laughs> in a place where he wasn't supposed to be sprinting at Filipowski. Well, Look, uh, far be it for me to stick up for anybody from Duke or Stanford, yeah. but I feel like Filipowski was within his rights to just kind of keep anybody out of his immediate orbit at that point. And I, I keep seeing all this talk of the schools being fined this or that if they let people court storm the court. Why don't you just prosecute that little bastard that hit him? It hit him in the leg. Take it to that little yeah. kid. That'll that'll they'll, these little these little college kids that storm the court, they don't want to call home call home to daddy and ask him for bail money or anything. That'll keep them that'll keep them off the courts. I, I don't have a strong take on storm the court gate. I I, I don't like I I know I probably should, as a radio host, be stand, standing on the table for one side or the other. Like it's part I, of the college experience. These kids pay a lot of money to go to that I, school. I say once they enter the court area, it becomes no different than how the rules of society are a little bit different in a sporting event. Yeah, where if you give a hard foul to somebody in a sporting event and they go down, you don't get prosecuted for right, it. Right, right, right. So I feel like if the kid. If the kids storm the court, then a bunch of Division One athletes, mm-hmm. and those dudes want to give a hard foul, then they give a hard foul right. to the kid. Right. Which is maybe that's what Filipowski did there. Um, I, I say mounted police is my yes. Point. Oh, horses so the on final, the court. It's the game. Have yes. mounted police yes. come in. With, yeah, right as the game ends. Yeah, have like twelve mounted police officers come in. Oh, that would the be biggest awesome. horses you can. You yeah, can get. yeah. Horse takes a big dump on the court right there. All right, number eight. Deshaun Watson was on Quincy Avery's podcast. This is the new thing now. Anybody who came up outside of the era of NIL, what is your estimate on what you would have made in NIL, Deshaun Watson? How much you'd have made in NIL? What you thinking? Oh, I'd be a millionaire for sure. Caleb probably did about six million this year. He did six million this year. Probably. I already did. I'm 10. not gonna get this fight, buddy. He already did ten. He's in LA off a Heisman. It don't matter though. Why how is it not? My freshman year, I, I got hurt, of course. But yeah. those games, I was lit. I'm the lead. I was going crazy. My first game, I'm six touchdowns. The next game, six touchdowns. And then this and then that. So everybody knew. And then I came in the next year. Cool. I would have made a little bread. I would have had some, you know, good chess. And then we, once we got to the playoffs and the end of the year, crazy. But the year, my junior year, for sure. <laughs> You'd have ran the bag up? Everybody knew from the spring, right after the, the first Bama game, everybody knew Clemson Bama again in Tampa. I was, I it was already written. Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't think that. I don't. I don't buy that Clemson would have the same clout in terms of NIL type of endorsements or, or what have you that like Ohio State or USC would have. I don't know. It doesn't. Uh, Deshaun's making the mistake of thinking that this is based on like total like performance or yeah, like it's an field. NFL contract and you're yeah yeah. Know. There's other things that go into it yeah. yeah above and beyond that like market size probably matters. Yep, it does definitely. If, I mean, look, if there were a system like that where you got paid based on performance, his last two years at Clemson, he would have been at the top of whatever that scale was for sure. Yeah. 
back when he was good at football. All right, um, Payne and Pendergast with you. All right, speaking of getting paid, we got rumblings of our first franchise tag over the weekend. Does this affect the Texans at all? Does the salary cap increase put the Texans right in the middle of the franchise tag conversation? I think it does. We'll discuss next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Breaking news from Sports Radio 610 is presented by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app or visit BetQL.com today. All right, this is uh, this is convenient because it actually plays into what we teased into this segment. The rumor had been over the weekend that the Bengals are going to put the franchise tag on T. Higgins. Breaking news, the Bengals just put the franchise tag on T. Higgins. So he's been offered the franchise tag. Now him signing the franchise tag. The tender is a, is a different deal, as we know here in Houston. Judevion Clowney got the tag a few years ago, just never signed it, never showed up in camp, and eventually they trade him to Seattle. I don't know. I'm not close enough to the Bengals situation, Seth, to know what the temperature is on the Higgins deal. I do know it is a tricky This is a tricky thing for the Bengals, who have a lot of cap space. They've got the cap space to do this, but they've got Jamar Chase who is, I think, thought more highly of than T. Higgins, both around the league and in Cincinnati. Like, that's, of the two, that's the one they're going to look to probably extend on a big-time wide receiver deal. Yeah. But they've got some, you know, they got some cap gymnastics they're going to need to go through. But this is our first tag. Tag season is here. We got our first one, and it is T. Higgins in Cincinnati. I don't think that affects the Texans one bit. I don't think they were in on the T. Higgins market. I don't think they were in on the T. Higgins market. I do. it, It does make me wonder... Just how many more franchise tags there are going to be now with the cap being $10 million higher than people anticipated. And yet the, the T. Higgins rumors were out there far, uh, before they announced that the cap was going to increase. Yep. Um, I am, I'm a little bit, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I'm a little bit scorned. I don't know. I, really, I feel like there's some guys out there, maybe like Christian Wilkins for the, the Miami Dolphins, the defensive tackle, that maybe the Dolphins might be able to figure out a way to both 
do all their cost-cutting measures. Like they're going to cut Xavier Howard reportedly the cornerback, but Christian Wilkins, I've, young defensive tackle, I think they'd really like to keep. They might now have room to just franchise tag him while also still getting under the cap. That's what I'm. Uh, that's that's what I'm most worried about. Is that some of our little items in the candy shop might be taken off the shelf? I totally agree. I totally agree. I think we're this bump up in the cap, and again, what Seth's referring to is the the thought had been the cap was going to be about 245 million. It turns out it's 255 million. The total jump from last year is 30 million dollars. Yeah. It's the fourth highest percentage jump in the history of the salary cap. It's the it's the the biggest jump in just terms of sheer dollars, but that extra 10 million that I think teams were anticipating it being 245 and it comes in at 255, I don't think it helps teams out much in terms of bidding in the open market for free agents because everybody's got that extra 10 million to go bid with. It does help you in terms of the franchise tag, you're like, okay, now we got this $10 million. Okay, maybe we can franchise tag Dalton Schultz if you're the Texans. Or I do think it helps teams that were trying to make tough decisions on whether or not to cut guys, yeah. and they view that extra money as like, all right, well, now we can – you know, we can keep this guy now because we got a little extra cut money. all of them. Yeah, yeah, it does. It, you're right, and without getting too far into the weeds, it does complicate things a little bit because you, you, you're also maybe going to have to bid a little bit more than you had budgeted to get the top tier guy. Yeah, I can remember in uh, in 1998, the cap went up by 25 percent, as the highest it's ever gone up. Whoa! It went from I want to say it went from like 80 million up to 100 million or something wow. like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I, it was like, uh, I remember walking into the weight room that morning. I was doing re, cause it was in this time of year. There were only a few guys in the weight room. And one of the veterans, Calvin Pritchett, was in doing bicep curls like a madman. <laughs> he was like, I gotta go get, give me some of this money. And just, <laughs> I don't think he was even a free agent that year. It was just, you know, like when it goes up that much, salaries are gonna rise. Yeah. yeah. Like it's, they, the cap goes up cause revenue goes up and then people are gonna, like, they've, they've They've got more freedom to spend under the cap. So it doesn't always mean okay. immediately, but it's stuff's going to, quarterbacks are going to get paid even more than it, even though it seems like for the last few years, like it, quarterbacks couldn't possibly get paid anymore. They're going to get paid more. And guys like Deshaun Watson, it doesn't look, doesn't, his deal doesn't look quite as damaging to the team if uh you know it's a it's a slightly smaller percentage of the cap no 46 million you know you're right no look 46 million his it's been surpassed now in terms of annual average value you know you got guys in the mid 50s now the problem with deshaun is that they decided to credit card the first two years of it and shove all the money into years three through five that's that's their problem is his number's not 46 it's 64 each year for the next three years. So, 64? 64, yep. My God, Sean. And the only way to bring that number down is to extend him even further. You are married to Deshaun Watson. So, um, so T. Higgins gets hit with a tag. I would say of the names, and I think you make a great point, that that extra $10 million or however much it is that teams were getting that they weren't anticipating, I do think it impacts franchise tag decisions for sure. I was kind of going through, Seth, and I, I don't feel like the list is as long maybe as – as I originally thought, I think the t- the guys, the, the names that I have, I've only got like four or five names where yeah. I think the franchise tag actually somehow impacts the Texans' approach to free agency. Like they go, oh, okay, that guy was on our radar, and now he's not on our radar, or at least for the time being isn't on our radar. I think Matabike for sure in Baltimore. I think Christian Wilkins for sure. I think interior defensive line is going to be an area that Nick Casario and D'Amico Ryans try to beef up. Literally and figuratively. And then I think two ends. I think Brian Burns is somebody who should be on the radar, at least for the Texans. 
Yeah. And then Josh Allen in Jacksonville. Defensive end Josh Allen. Uh, Josh. Is, is, I think he's a tag candidate in Jacksonville. Yeah, and I, I think like both those guys, Brian Burns and, and Josh Allen, would be very intriguing to the Texans. Um, I think that like one of the one of the issues with the premier guys in free agency is always that all right, if you're an offensive tackle or an edge rusher or a quarterback, why would you? Why is this guy even? reaching free agency Mm -hmm. like usually teams do a pretty damn good job of locking those guys down no matter what unless the guy is dead set on getting out of there um and uh, and that's where you're right to assume that josh allen now the the difference with josh allen is that they drafted trayvon walker with the second pick overall first 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 pick overall overall. yeah. overall. Yeah. yeah um Two years ago, and like he does not look like he's worth it. And but you've already used that draft capital. His the salary is okay there. It's just I, I don't think they can let go of Josh Allen. If Trayvon Walker had worked out, I think I heard Landry making this point. If Trayvon Walker had worked out, then it would be a lot easier to let go of Josh Allen. But right now they need Josh Allen there. I think that like some of the defensive backs, like Jalen Johnson for the Bears, that's the one there. Okay. You know, he might have been an option for a candidate for the Texans, but the Bears might have a good chance of franchise tagging him now. Um, Legereus Sneed, the Chiefs are the interesting one. If Legereus Sneed, if they can come to a, if they can franchise tag Chris Jones and then work out a deal with Legereus Sneed or vice versa, like they, they might have more options right now than people thought they did. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs are in better caps situation than I think. People assumed they were going to be just because, you know, they had to let Tyreek Hill go because he can't pay everybody and all that. Um, but this, this, if anybody was worried about the Chiefs and, you know, gosh, I hope they're okay. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> I think they're going to be okay. I think they'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, they're worried about the Chiefs. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they've got a couple guys that, that could get franchise tagged. A couple people asking on the text page, does, does that extra cap space help the Texans with Grenard? Um, yeah, look, look, extra cap space helps with anything. Does it make it, does it increase the chances of them tagging Grenard, do you think? I don't think so. $22 million is a big number to carry, even for a team with cap space to carry for a guy that you feel like there might be replacements out there for. Yeah, I wonder too, um, I think that, I think that D'Amico probably really likes Jonathan Grenard as a person and as the type of dude he is and as a player. I, I almost wonder if, given that Will Anderson's not a huge defensive end, if they want somebody that's uh, leaving a little bit more of a physically imposing presence. Mm. Um, and uh, like that's not what Jonathan Gennard is. So I, I wonder if they might end up looking for more of a prototype guy. I don't think Chase Young would be that guy. I think Chase Young, I think you brought this up, didn't you? Chase Young maybe on a prove-it deal. Yeah. Like if that money isn't out there, like I – Chase Young strikes me as that kind of guy that, man, he might be like Chris Jones. I, he probably performs really well when he's desperately trying to earn a contract, but it's not always what you should expect from him consistently in other situations. And, yeah, maybe I would be interested and intrigued in that because uh, he does. Man, Chase Young has some curious lapses in energetic play. He does. <laughs> he does. <laughs> a polite, polite way to say it. <laughs> That's the yeah. only thing that would give me skepticism about – Signing Chase Young to like a one-year deal for, I don't know, like 10, 15, whatever the number is, 15 million bucks, um, is that he's kind of in a prove-it year this year. Like he was in a contract year, 
and he's lollygagging around in the NFC title game. You know, like it's yeah, like yeah. That, I, do we really know <laughs> that he's going to go all out on a one-year, fifteen million dollar deal or whatever it might be? I don't know. Which isn't to say that he's a bad dude or anything. Sometimes I think guys. Sometimes guys just get lost. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's more of a okay, they just get lost. I don't know. Just at times, there were times where I felt like James Harden was even when he was trying on defense. Sometimes he would just also get lost on defense. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, even when he was fully engaged in everything, it, there was still a lag somehow. And I think Chase Young might be there. The problem is that. Chase Young doesn't also get to play offense like James Harden does. Right, right. You know, right, if you right. get lost defensively and your title and you, is defensive end, that right. gets to be an issue. That's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, text message, got to disagree with you, Sean. The T. Higgins franchise tag does affect the Texans if they plan on getting in on the bidding for Mike Evans. Higgins signing means franchises have one less wide receiver to play off of Evans in the yeah. bidding. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it's all got, there's a, there's a trickle down effect. Supply there for and sure. demand. You know, I, you know I, that's I, a yeah. fair point. And I think yeah, maybe that applies to a lot of the other positions because if the if some of the marquee if if fewer of the marquee guys are available, then the guy, the marquee guys who are left on the free agency market are gonna be hotly hotly fought over. Yep, I would imagine. it's a really good point. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you uh, on a uh, Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. Former colleague of ours sat right in this very seat. Right in this very seat was asked, "Who can challenge the Chiefs next year?" You're gonna love. His answer. We're going to have it for you next. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. All right, Payne and Pendergast with you. Here was uh, Nick Wright, our former colleague, friend of the show, FS1 host on First Things First late last week. Also noted Kansas City Chiefs honk. Big fan of the Chiefs. And he was asked which team in the AFC has the best chance of upending the Kansas City Chiefs? My cheat answer is there is no threat. But if I have to give an actual team, let's just look to the history. In this five-year run, the one time they didn't win the AFC, the Bengals beat them. But I don't think it's the Bengals. I think it's a team that can follow that blueprint, which is uh, consistency at the coach and coordinator spot, superstar quarterback, has drafted really well, and can overspend in this free agency period because they have the quarterback so cheap, and that's the Houston Texans. Joe Burrow was in year two. They had drafted T. Higgins. They had drafted Jamar, or they were drafting Jamar that next year. They have Tank Dell coming back. Slowick didn't go anywhere. I think D'Amico's excellent. They have their left and right tackle in place. they got to spend money on defense like Cincinnati did, and then maybe they can take a big leap. So my answer would be Houston because they can do win-now stuff that doesn't hurt them long-term because C.J. 
OBJ so cheap over the next three years. It's the smart no, thing to do, and they already showed their legitimate playoff team. Okay, so what do we think of Nick's take there, Seth? I think that, uh, look, first of all, I don't think that the Chiefs are like so unstoppable based on the way they played uh, the closing month of the season. I mean, the Raiders just destroyed the Chiefs' offense um, in that victory on Christmas. It was, I just watched that this weekend. It was, it was alarming how bad Kansas City was. And we saw episodes of that. And we saw the offense not play all that great during the, the playoffs themselves. So mm-hmm. I think there's lots of teams that are in that, that pool that can upend them. The biggest thing that concerns me about the Texans right now um, is that can they overspend? Overspend... It's almost impossible to use the word overspend. I don't think they should spend recklessly uh, or, or carelessly, but they also do have eight starting positions open on their football team right now. And it, like when I say eight, it doesn't mean that like, well, okay, this guy's gone, but they've got somebody that's going to fill in for him. Like, no, I would argue that there's eight positions where I don't feel there's a, a backup that's capable or has earned a starting spot yet. So they, they need to fill in those spots through free agency. Some of those younger guys filling in and, and getting better um, in the draft. And that's hard to do. So they're going to have to spend just like they do every year. The Texans spend more free agents and more money in free agency than you think or realize because they, they utilize a lot of one and two year contracts to get guys like Sheldon Rankins to, to come in and play, you know, to get guys like Denzel Perryman or whomever else. And they need to go out and get more of those guys right now. I think doing it at an upgrade is what Nick will probably do this year. Instead of like a the, instead of a Denzel Perryman, you know, it's, it's a, maybe not a Patrick Queen or somebody somebody uh, all the way up there, but a bona fide starter in the league already. Um, I think they're going to spend pretty heavily. It really is like if they nail if they absolutely nail an impact playmaker on defense, if they get a if they get a stud offensively in the draft, then yeah, I think they're, they're very capable of being one of those top two teams. Yeah. It's just, they've got a lot of, there's a lot of question marks on the the free agency side of things. They need wide receivers. And I think instead of like, say last year, I'm just using wide receiver as an example, instead of shopping for Robert Woods at 32 years old, coming off an ACL, they maybe they're shopping for Tyler Boyd or Darnell Mooney or somebody like that. Like somebody who's like a legit Second contract guy, but who's not twenty five million a year? He's eleven million a year. That they need a thing. good, yeah, a good complementary receiver. Yes. in that group, and or, or and then maybe you also that also gives you that room to perhaps spend a second round pick on a wide receiver or or what have you. Um, yeah, I like so I think they're close. They're, the biggest and hardest thing to figure when you look at that disappointment versus the Ravens is all right. How much of a difference would Tank Dell have made? I mean, that really, uh, that's what I have to keep reminding myself of two things. One, Tank Dell makes a big, big difference. Huge. With, with Tank Dell and Nico <laughs> Collins on the field at the same time, that is a scary, scary offense, uh, or at least a scary passing game. They got to get a running back. And I mean, that's another position. They don't have an actual starting running back on the roster right now. They don't. They, they don't. They got Damian Pierce, who is not. As of yet, looked one bit like a starting running back Not in this, in this scheme. Yeah. So they don't have – I mean, uh, Devin Singletary is a free agent. Uh, Gumbo Ali is a free agent. So they need a running back either through the draft and or, or in free agency, um, a complimentary wide receiver. But, yeah, Tank Dell being healthy 
really does get them up to very close to being like a legitimate contender. Like, okay, somebody that feels like, yeah, they should be fighting for the conference championship game. You and I both think Nick's being a little silly when he says there is no threat in the AFC to the Kansas City Chiefs. They're, they're the kings of the football world, and we concede that. Obviously, they're Super Bowl champs. But I don't think it's as... I, I don't think it's a big gap. Like, and Nick may be leaning into the gimmick a little bit by saying what he said. If it's I don't not, he sounded kind of sick. If, if it's sounded, not, didn't he? <laughs> sounded little, like he's a little. His, his throat was bothering. Yeah, him. we're we're all recovering from Vegas still, probably. Um, the uh, if it's not the Texans, I mean, I'm just jotting down teams in the AFC right here. Does it? It comes from the pool. The biggest threat to the Chiefs comes from the pool of Baltimore, Cincinnati with Joe Burrow, obviously. I'll throw Cleveland in there, Buffalo, Miami. Do we throw the Jets with Rodgers in there? Yeah, I don't. Miami's got a. I mean, they're they're making all these cap cuts and. Hmm. Yeah, you may. Okay, so we cross them they off. Got just absolutely destroyed. Well, they had a bunch of injuries, but a lot of those a lot of those injured guys are also like leaving the team. Now no, you're too. right. You're right. Um, I like. I don't want to use them getting destroyed in the playoffs as the indication that they're not that team. But sure, I guess uh, I'm just like, widening the pool. Yeah, like with it, what they can do offensively. So yeah, they'd get voted off the island very quickly. But I'm just putting. They were a playoff team. I threw them in there. Um, are the Jets in that conversation if Aaron Rodgers is healthy this year? I can't put them in the conversation just because. I don't. I don't. I can't sit here in good conscience and say that. Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, who's always relied on his athleticism, at the age of forty—is he forty or forty-one this year? I don't know. At the, at the age of forty-one, is yeah. going to be just awesome coming off of that Achilles tendon tear. You know, one year exact. It'll be one year to the day, uh, give or take, since he tore his Achilles tendon. I think an underrated thing with the Jets too is that, like, we don't know what Rodgers looks like as a New York Jet. He played four snaps. Yeah. That was it. And I think we got to remember, Rodgers in Green Bay, I know Nathaniel Hackett was the offensive coordinator in name. That was Matt LaFleur's offense. Nathaniel Hackett is going to be the offensive coordinator for the New York Jets, calling plays, doing the whole thing. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I with mean, Aaron Rodgers uh, stepping in and like with veto power over any and everything. What could go wrong, right? <laughs> yeah, what could go wrong? Yeah, yeah it is. You're, no, I think you're exactly right. I think that the, the whole – Nathaniel Hackett is just kind of skating by because of all the other drama surrounding the Jets. I'm guessing Jets fans are very alarmed by the fact that Nathaniel Hackett's their offensive coordinator, but that's what, that's what the, the big question you have with Aaron Rodgers is, okay, what exactly did we agree to, uh, or like what concessions did we make to bring this guy in here? Yeah. I, we've got age, we've got guys on the team that a couple of our free agents last year that we're not crazy about. We've got an offensive coordinator that nobody seems to like or respect as an offensive coordinator. It seems like Aaron Rodgers only likes him because he's a swell guy. (laughs) Yeah. That's fun. That that part's (laughs) scary. If this is how, and it, because you do have like the jets are in a position where they do have a genuinely competitive defense. I think they're a little bit overhyped in some ways, but they've also had to play opposite of a bad offense for the last few years. Um, yeah, that you could be like you could be angling, angling your way into a different, more competitive quarterback who's also not demanding all these concessions. Yeah, um, I don't know. I guess so is the answer then to the question: if it's not the Texans, if we disagree with Nick's take on that, is it Baltimore still? I think it's still Baltimore. I, I do I think too. It, I don't. I mean, like Todd Monken is an offensive coordinator, and Lamar Jackson and whatever part he played in it, just them kind of abandoning what got them there. 
is just so curious and weird, and it just feels and looks like panic. Yes. Because, because they saw their defense that is – they succumbed to the mystique of the Kansas City Chiefs, I think. And you used to see this. You'd see teams succumb to the mystique of the Patriots. They would start second-guessing their opinions or, or, or feeling like they had to go above and beyond when really they just needed to play football. Whereas, like, you think about the Patriots. When the Patriots down to the Falcons in the third quarter, they come out and they're running the football because running the football was working. And they just chipped their way out of it and, and ended up winning that game. I think the, the Ravens hadn't spent a lot of time being down in games at all. All of a sudden, they find themselves 10 down um, to a team, and they're, and they're looking across the sideline. They're not thinking about the fact that the Chiefs had not been a good offense. They're thinking about the fact, like, oh, gosh, that's Pat Mahomes. Oh, and our defense is awesome. But they just got, they just got driven on two, two series in a row, and they panicked for no reason at all. Yeah. When they could have just kept on doing what they've done all year versus a very good defense, don't get me wrong, and the Chiefs. But, and, and they still had a chance in that game. It just, um, it, they got too far away of what, so I say all that to say, I think Todd Monken in the off season, season and John Harbaugh realized like, all right, well, we can't be peeing down our legs like that. Again. No, no, no. And they had two turnovers in the end zone, like in yeah. the opposing end zone. I mean, they, you know, Lamar threw the pick and before that Zay Flowers fumbled at the goal line. The Zay Flowers one is the painful Brutal. One. I mean, they were, yeah. that, that, that tapped all the, tapped all the momentum. All right, um, so we're starting to see teams put their recyclables out by the curb in the NFL. One big one in particular reportedly wants to be a Houston Texan. One Texan got on social, kind of said, nope. Another Texan gets on social and says, go get this guy. At least that's how I'm reading it. All right, so we will tell you who that is, and is there an internal struggle with this going on? Talk about it next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.